Okay. Are you are you ready? Born ready. Are you ready for it? Ding, oh, God. Ding, ding. <laughs> Heck yeah. Heck yeah. And welcome to Minor Notes, the podcast where we share our thoughts about an album from top to bottom. No skips, and we give some minor notes. That is Kate Griffin. And that is Gabby Alvarez. Welcome. If you're new here, Gabby is a music business professional, and I am a songwriter. And this entire first season of Minor Notes is dedicated to the discography of Miss Taylor Swift. Gabby is a fan of hers, and I am on a listening journey to figure out if I'm a fan too. And so to do that, each episode, we are listening to her albums in chronological order and discussing each track. Yes, and today we're joined by a very special guest, Evan Johnson. Evan, I was gonna do like a Numo's introduction for you, but then you told me that you wanted me to introduce you as guy whose favorite song is Enchanted. Yeah, I feel like that encapsulates <laughs> more so what we're doing here. It does. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. But you're also a cool, interesting music guy, and I just would like to mention that. Yeah, I think it's more, I, I, I deal with music on a daily basis in a much more involved way than probably most people, you know. But ultimately, I yeah. just am sending emails and talking on the phone like most other people's jobs. But People think the music biz jobs are super glamorous, but they're really boring. They're not, and they take more years off your life than probably most other jobs do, just out of I fully agree. Stress and I fully agree. Late- and all that. But if anyone cares, Evan is a talent buyer at Numos and Capitol Hill Block Party Woo. and Day In Day Out Music Festival. He's pretty cool. Wow, that's awesome. He's a good. He's a good guy to know in this town. If you need a guest list spot, yeah, I just yeah, don't, hold on, don't put that up. <laughs> I just feel like it's more appropriate for a Taylor Swift themed podcast episode to talk about my love of Taylor Swift because I like Gabby love Taylor Swift. Okay. How much do you, like, I always knew you liked her, but I never knew, like, your level of fandom. How much of a fan are you? I'm I'm pretty, I'm a pretty big fan. You know, it's hard to say with Taylor Swift how big of a fan you are, though, because it's like, there's going to be someone who's always more of a fan than you. Always. And I have And you have to be careful what you're willing to admit to people, too. You know what I mean? Like, I've only seen her once, you know, but... Okay. And for a that's lot normal. of same, but but I, I love her. Right. For yeah. a lot of Swifties, that's like you're you're a fucking chump, though. So yeah, it's like amateur. Sure. Right. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, you know, I remember in high school, me and my best buddies, we would drive around listening to Taylor Swift, and that was like just what we did, right? Like on wow. CDs, Fearless, Speak Now. I was kind of hoping I would get one of those, but I'm actually oh, really excited sorry. to talk about <laughs> Reputation because of how I don't know. I think I, I don't think before. Before I started really diving into it for in preparation for this, I don't think I realized how important of a record it was. Yeah. And polarizing. And it's just like, yeah, we could have talked about Speak Now or Fearless and it would have been it would have been so much more vanilla and just kind of straightforward. And this is like I don't know, it's just a way more exciting co- like topic. So there's some there's some nuances on this album. But let's jump in. Let's talk about it. Cool. So we're talking about Reputation, as Evan mentioned. Uh, Reputation was released on November 10th of 2017. It was Taylor's sixth studio album with Big Machine Records. I think it was her last album with Big Machine Records. I may be wrong on that, but I think it is. No, you're right. Um, Thank you, Evan. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Swift became the subject of tabloid scrutiny following the release of 1989. It was a lot of media around her personal life and disputes with celebrities. The big one was the Kim and Kanye situation. Mm -hmm. Like Kim or Kanye, someone had her on speakerphone asking if it was okay to put her in one of Kanye's songs. Right. And, but he didn't specifically ask if it was okay to call her a bitch. And then she reacted poorly edited to it. Video. And it became this it whole thing. It was edited. 
I don't. I think it was edited too, but like I don't. I don't know. I think since it's been proven that it was edited, just in the room. Oh, really? They, yeah. They, they, Kim and them remu- removed. She, he never asked if she could, if he could call her a bitch. It was, yes. it was. But, are you okay with me using the line? And I made her famous. Yes. Which ah. is pretty different. You know, I don't even know it's if there different. was any reference of having sex with her, which is another line in there, you know, so. I think, so I heard that they asked if the having sex with her line was okay, mm. but not I made that bitch famous. And that's the line that she took issue with. I can't even imagine she would say yes to that. Like, who would say yes to that? Like, yeah, yeah, tell them that we had sex. Like, what? <laughs> this is, this, crazy. I feel, like, I feel like we're getting ahead of ourselves here because we can, because we can dive into it. Yes, but, we are, we are, we are, we are. <laughs> I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was I was gonna. No, no, no. Out, the tea is important. The tea is important. Um, so, influenced by the commotion, Swift wrote reputation under two themes: one, drawing from excessive gossip around her, and the other, about finding love amidst tumultuous events. Mm. Oh. Uh, the album is built around electropop, R and B, EDM, hip hop, trap, and Miami bass. So there's a lot of heavy electric production. Mm-hmm. And she described Reputation as a quote unquote defense mechanism and an alter ego. Uh-huh. Sold over 4.5 million copies in 2017. Uh, Reputation became the world's best-selling album by a female artist, and it was supported by the Reputation Stadium Tour in 2018, which became the highest-grossing North American tour of all time. What? Yeah. Wow. All right, didn't expect this. Already off to a crazy start. Okay. Already wild. So the first time I listened to this album, I was like, this album's so mid, and I... I just kind of left it there. There were a few songs that I was like, cool, I like this one, this one, and this one, and I just left it. And then going back to listen to it again, the way that we have to listen to it to do this show, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, fuck, I missed so many things the first time. Mm. But okay, anyway, <clears throat> track one, ready for it. Kate, what do you got? All right, so ready for it was written by Swift, Max Martin, Shellback and Piami, so the three Swedish uh, producers she's worked with before. My favorite. And it was produced by Martin, Shellback, and Piami, and this was the second single, September 17th, 2017. Initially, like, the production comes in and it's really cool. Like, Mm -hmm. something's happening, and you can already tell this is a different record, or uh, or at least a different song for her. Totally. I like the little throat clear before she sings. Like, she wants you to pay. Like, she's like, I'm about to fucking say something. Mm. And then the verse comes in, and I'm like, what is happening here? <laughs> she's, like, talking, rapping. It's a weird cadence that she's doing. Okay. It's not a thing she should ever do again. And uh, then the chorus is, like, what I like is when it gets, like, 1989 Okay. That's that's what I... And it, but I think it's a mid-song. It's cool for an opener, though. It's very moody. Yeah. Fuck that shit. This song is awesome. <laughs> it's I love this song. Okay, good. Thank you. I, I was, love like, this song. for a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. I love this song because... Listen, Taylor Taylor has always and will always be like a performative theatrical person, right? She's very yeah, into the symbolism sure. of shit and there's nothing like a song. This first off, this was the first album that there was not a 2-year break. She was so strict on 2 years in between each album. That was always how how it went. Sure. But then all this all this personal life shit happens and this was the longest break between Taylor Swift albums that we had ever had. So there was like some huge anticipation about it. She wiped her social media. Yeah. She, you know, kind of resurfaced with that, this cryptic yeah. little image of a of a of like a technological snake or something, and that oh, was like yeah. a huge reference. Yeah, I remember. Because once the Kim and Kanye video had come out, there was everyone online was calling her a snake. Everyone was, you know, with the right. with the emoji. So it was her like kind of grabbing back onto that and 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 feeling feeling empowered by it. But I just loved 
how like it is the hardest hitting song on the album probably just mm-hmm. from like the bass standards yeah and and it was like it, it was her kick through the door fuck this i'm back like let's go and i just nice. I, I really I just, liked it for that reason okay go ahead i have more go ahead i evan you do not know me well no i should not like anything at all on this album and <laughs> This is not for Kate. And I fucking love this song. <laughs> like, I cannot explain it to you. But but you put it, like, I mean, Gabby, you said too. It's a great opener. It punches you right in yeah. the face. Whether you're yeah. ready for it or not. Like, boom, have my attention. I think it continuously holds interest. Like, it just keeps building. I really love the contrast between, like, the super chaotic verse and then the floaty, pretty chorus and the bridge, which is yeah. very 1989. So, like, she's holding on to that a little bit. It's not, like, a complete shock. I actually think the cadence of the verse is so good. I know she's doing this weird, like, it. semi-white girl rap. I don't care. I'm here for it. That's I think why it sounds I don't like awesome. It. I don't like Ugh, it. It's so good. And my my note is it should sound phony and weird, but I feel like with the inflections in her voice, for whatever reason, it sounds genuinely edgy. Like, I feel like she was annoyed and, like, ready to put it out there. And then yeah. the only trope we have is dreams. Evan, I'm keeping a list of words that she uses over and over again. Mm. Uh, so dreams is on this one. Yeah, there's a lot of tropes on this album in general. She's there a dreamer. are a lot. She's a dreamer. She's a big dreamer. Um, I, I also added, I like that it's chaotic. Yeah, I get it. Okay, it's meant to go like, hey, this album, it's different. And, it, totally. and I, I'm into it. I just don't. Uh, what bothers me about the hip hoppiness of some things on this album is I don't think that a white girl from Pennsylvania should be fucking doing that and only working with white producers. That really bothers it's me. It's problematic. If you're going to do it, it's a it's problematic to me. It's yeah. uh, maybe to uh, not to other people and that's fine. I just think like she's not good at that. And when she wasn't good at pop, she worked with the best pop producers and pop songwriters mm. that taught her how to do that. Why are you not doing that? That's a very good point. This is this is like classic. This is the most classic social experiment. We're like, what is the coolest sure. genre in music? It's rap. It's always been rap. It always will be rap. And like, mm. it's yeah. the perfect segue to the next song where Ed Sheeran's kind of rapping, right? Like, uh, but that's his thing. We'll get into that. <laughs> don't don't get ahead. I'm not getting ahead. Don't I'm just ahead. saying that like. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't like it either. That is exactly. that is the part of the song that yeah, I like. yeah, this yeah. is dumb. Stop it. Like I I don't necessarily it just doesn't feel natural for her, but at the same time, like it works on this song, but the reasons it bugs me, those are just the reasons that I'm like, I don't know about that. Right, yeah. Right. I hear I hear the hesitation for sure. Yeah. Um from Taylor about this song, it introduces a metaphor that you hear throughout the rest of the album, which is a metaphor from Crime and Punishment. There's a lot of talks about robbers, thieves, and heists. Yes. And that's uh the metaphor starts here and she intentionally weaves it through the rest of the album. So a lot of those those themes are still in other songs. Mm-hmm. Okay. Track two, Endgame, featuring Future and Ed Sheeran. Okay, so Endgame was written by Swift, Martin, Shellback, Sheeran, and Future. So many people. Uh, it was produced by Martin, Shellback, and Isla, I think that's how you pronounce it, another Swedish-Persian songwriter and producer who has worked with Ooh. Ariana Grande and Jennifer Lopez. This was the third single, November 14th, 2017. Both of you know me pretty well. It is not a surprise to either of you that I fucking love this song. Oh, 
Yeah. Um, I hate this song. And I like it because I know you hate it. I like it because it's a good gym song. That When I first listened to Reputation, I pulled out the songs that I could throw on my gym playlist. Ni- nice, right. Evan. Nice. My shoulders. But I've, I've, I've dropped many a squat to this song, mm. and I like it for that reason. Okay. I like the sports metaphors and the lyrics, and then she kind of sticks to it. I want to be your end game, first string, A team. It's like, okay, cool. I get it. Mm. But the song is too long, and I think it... <sighs> is mirroring structure in rap songs where it's like super long verses and like so many bars and so many things to say and then a really short chorus, short hook, and then another feature with a super long verse. And it's like by the time Taylor's verse, who's the last verse, you get to it, I'm like, I'm so tired of the song already. Exactly what I thought. I kind of wish she didn't even do her part. Yeah. Just sing the chorus. Yeah. like, don't don't do this. I thought it was way too long too. And it was funny because when I was listening to it again, I was like, wow, how long is this song? It just goes on forever. I'm like, it's only four minutes and four seconds. You know, it's like, it's like, it's so much longer. That's not crazy. No, it's not. It's, I mean, it wasn't crazy five years ago. It might be crazy now. Like songs are just so much shorter, but. But like in contrast, Dear John from Speak Now is like seven minutes long and it doesn't feel like seven minutes. Give me all of it, baby. (laughs) I want the seven minute version of that shit. I, I personally with this, I just, I hate when it, it just, that song just felt like it was like, they probably spent months on it, making that shit, got Ed on it, got all that. And then they were like, all right, we got to get future. And it's like, why, why do we need future here? Future's great. But future probably looks at it, it's like, he's, he's like, oh man, I could be on a song with the biggest pop star in the world. Like, of oh. course, like, but it just happens more and more with a pop star, like creating this like really overproduced song. And then they go find yeah. whatever rapper is having the biggest moments. I mean, Kendrick is not being on Bad Blood. It's just like, it just feels so forced. But Kendrick was perfect on Bad Blood. But I, it, it was unnecessary, in my opinion. It just was like, I, I don't know. I mean, it was unnecessary. That's why it wasn't on the album. Having never heard the Kendrick version, I agree with you. Whoa. I don't. It's not necessary. I've never heard I it. I know. Isn't that right. crazy? Never heard She's it. never heard it. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know. But I, I, just, but I think that song's good enough. It's just hard. Maybe maybe I'm just saying this after like seeing Kendrick in the Super Bowl and just being like, "Wow, you are unarguably the coolest person in the world." Like sure. everything <laughs> about him is cool. He's as cool as it gets. And then just thinking about him on that Bad Blood music video, and I'm like, "What was the point of that?" There must have been a moment where he was like, "Am I really fucking dressed up like this, doing this for this Taylor Swift song?" There's it was no a career move. Listen, if Taylor asked you to move, do something, you do it. Of, that's what I mean, though. Yeah. The yeah. Kendrick Lamar feature was a result of Taylor being a fan of his, and she had posted a video on Instagram of her, like, mouthing, oh. I, I forget what Mad song City, it was, maybe Good Kid Mad City, and he was like, oh, cool, and they became friends. So that was, like, not, the like, the future feature was someone was like, "We Taylor's giving you money, right. you know? Right. And he said yes. And that's all fine, you know, but it's like, it's like your roommate. It's like, your best friend is not always your roommate. Just because you two like each other doesn't mean that you're going to make sure. the best song or this or that. And the future thing is just like, man, I would have loved to sit in the studio. I doubt they were even in the same studio together or like love no, to see those weren't. two interact. Right. What would that really they, look like? There's behind the scenes footage of them interacting at the mu- uh, on the music video shoot. Mm-hmm. But, like, them not talking. It's mostly, like, her and Ed hanging out and, like, she and Future have one scene together. Yeah. So, I don't... It's not... It's weird. They're not each other's people. <laughs> no. I said it feels like she's playing a character. It feels way less genuine than the first track to me. It also feels like the end game part and the reputation part are two completely different songs. Like, to me, they don't fit together. So, that was weird. Mm. Uh, I've, I noticed in this song, she's changing the way she says stuff, which I find to be problematic to your point, Gabby, about like, like, what are you trying to do here? She says, uh, but I ain't trying to play. And I'm like, Taylor, 
Stop it. Like, you gave us Don't Fearless. Say that. Stop that. And I just feel like it's a really weak. <laughs> you you it, gave us Fearless. Come on. You ain't trying to play. Like, stop it. But it also feels just like, and like, I'm not a big Future fan, I'm not a big Ed fan. It feels like three wannabe rappers were like, let's write a song. And then they wrote this. So, like, it doesn't sound tough or good for the dudes either. So I just. Ugh, like, not for me. Tropes were Storm and Knee, although, to be honest, Ed is saying those words, but I'm counting them because it's a Taylor Swift song, so... You can count them. That's fine. Uh, yeah. Unpopular opinion. I'm a huge Ed Sheeran fan. I think he's great. I don't think that's unpopular so. at all. When we were looking up... Because I had heard the thing about her, you know, this tour being the highest-grossing tour. This is the tour that I saw, by the way. I forgot to mention that. Oh! oh you saw Reputation? This is the only one that okay. I saw. Yeah, I'll all sprinkle right. some things in here and there as we go, but... Ed Sheeran holds the record for the highest grossing tour, like globally, you know, granted Stop. it's like over 200 dates. I mean, you, Kate, you might be underestimating Ed because that man is a fucking machine. Like he's playing football stadiums yeah, and every God. time he plays, it is solo acoustic. And that's I'm shocked. rare, right? Like versus Taylor Swift, the uh, yeah. reputation tour. And that he does it solo acoustic is it's crazy. Insane. And mean, he's just looping and wow. he's playing a stadium. Right. I think he's rad. Yeah. I think I don't listen to his music personally, but I, I got a lot of respect for the guy. I do a lot. I do a lot. I've heard all of his albums. I'll have to dig deeper because the only Ed Sheeran I know is whatever I've accidentally heard on the radio and the two songs he did with Taylor. That's all I know. Shape of uh, Shape of Your Body. Wasn't that the first song to hit a billion plays on Spotify? Shape of You. Shape of You. Or the I'm In Love With Your Body one. That's, yeah, that's uh first song to hit a billion plays on Spotify. Big, wow. big time. Who knew? Versus wow. Taylor Swift on this tour, it was like fucking Cirque du Soleil. There was like a hundred p- people on the stage like backflipping and doing this crazy shit. So, wow. Um, yeah, differing things, but interesting. All right, track three. I did something bad. All right, I did something bad, written by Swift, Martin, and Shellback, produced by Martin and Shellback. Okay, so we're moody. Mm. This is a moody song. Yes. If a man talks shit, then I owe him nothing is a... That is... Love it. Beautiful and true. Correct. <laughs> I found the line, crimson red paint on my lips, interesting, because in Endgame, she says, here's the truth for my red lips, and I'm like, okay, we didn't... We didn't quality control the I, songs? I wrote. I was like, is this a new trope? Like, what are we doing? Yeah. I think so. What do you mean? Taylor Swift with red lipstick? That's... <laughs> and she mentions it in Wildest Dreams, I think. In yeah, yeah. style. Yeah. Oh, style. style. Yeah. A couple times, I'm sure. I love the the chorus. I like the production. It's very EDM-ish. It's fun, but... I don't know. And the bridge is bad. Is she okay? They're all burning. They're burning all the witches, even if you aren't one. Ugh. Go ahead and light me up. Like, so bad. It's kind of a fuck you that I kind of like, but it's not a good bridge. No, it's not at all. And it sucks coming off in 1989 where the bridge the bridge in every song is like fucking fantastic. Yes. Like, we have some weak bridges yes. here. Mm. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. And then I also love, they never see it coming, what I do next. This is how the world works. You got to leave before you get left. Yeah. Which like girls in defense mode. Definitely. That's what's happening here. Definitely. I'm done. Is that Ed though? Who's doing I'm that? I'm always, I hear Ed. I hear Ed. No, it's her. I thought it's it was just him. like chopped up vocals or something, right? There's no. It way. sounds like Ed. Ed would have been credited. I kind of want it to be Ed. No, Ed would have been. Ed, but they're good friends. Ed may not have been credited on it. Uh, he would have been know. like, whatever. Ed's coming for that check if he can. 
Yeah, hell yeah. No, that's the best part of the song. I just sit there and wait for that part of the song to come on, and I'm like, oh yeah, this is great. Do you like pretend to do machine guns because you're a boy? That's what I do all the time. I don't even know if it's me shooting guns. I just like the, yeah, they could just do, she should have done that more. Um, Wow. Yeah, I don't don't really like the song. Oh, okay. Just because it just feels like. Yeah, it's okay. Yeah, it feels a little too try hard, and and I don't know. Yes. I did something bad. It's like, I I don't even know where that fits in the narrative of where Taylor was at during this time period too she was kind of like yeah. took this longer break was coming back ready to fucking you know finally have a personality and, and and have this edge to her right and it's like i don't know it's not as literal as i did something bad oh i you know finally stood up for myself but it just feels a little like she's trying to be yeah she's trying to be a badass she's trying to be edgy and, and you're right she's try hard it's yeah, like you're it's not try hard. you're not bad taylor we don't have to do that. i completely agree i have that I do like the melody of the verse and I like how the lyrics and the tone is kind of ominous and like a little bit revengey. Like I'm into that. Mm, I did mm-hmm. have the same lyric you said, Gabby, my favorite, if, if a man talks shit, I owe, then I owe him nothing. So good. Mm-hmm. But in general, the lyrics just feel so disingenuous. The one I wrote down was, I never trust a playboy, but they love me. So I fly him all around the world and then I let him think they save me. And I'm like, you were just crying on the past five albums mm-hmm. about how yeah. boys were mean to you. And now you're like... Fuck these guys. And now you're, like, the player since when? It's like, mm-hmm. come on, come on. Like, I get, like, being feeling yourself, but, like, this is a little much, I think. But Taylor, I yeah. think what I like about this part of Taylor, at least, is that you realize that she does, she's like, this is her, this is her, like, coming out of the cocoon and actually having, like, a bit of a backbone. And I think that she is, like, sneaky, as much as it feels tryhardy to us because for five albums she has been, like, you know, yeah. America's sweetheart, girl next door, yes, very cutesy, sure. whatever. But like, there was a. I was listening to some things about about this album, like in, in preparation for it, and they were talking about the sexual assault lawsuit that she was up against. And yeah, I've right. never heard about what the actual like court readings were and the things that were said in it because she was in that courtroom for a week. And there was a comment that like the defenders, I mean, that, that guy's the, the shitty guy's lawyer. Was made a comment to her, asked Taylor Swift, well, you know, because there's that photo of them from the from the um, the radio yeah. shoot or whatever, the meet and greet. And he asks her directly, you know, if he was doing something wrong, then why was the front of your skirt un, uh, undisturbed? Jesus. You know, she's wearing a skirt and he had been touching her butt or whatever. Yeah. And Taylor goes, it's because my ass is on my back. And there was something about that line that I was like, okay, that was said behind closed doors and like, how could you be in this situation where these guys are like attacking you with these right. ridiculous questions? Right, and you, right, right. And, and instead of like kind of cowering, you come back with this like fucking one liner. And I, I yeah, just think yeah. I say that whole thing to be like, I think that she has like a little bit more of an edge to her, but we're just okay. not, we were never used to seeing it, right? And, and, and yeah. she would only do it in these certain ways. And through music, I don't know, you get working with these producers or whatever. Next thing you know, you're doing, you're writing a song called I Did Something Bad and it just kind of comes across weird, but. I like the intentions. I hear you. It, I think, I, I agree. I think the intention is good. And I definitely think throughout her entire career, she's definitely tempered herself because she wants to put out a certain type of image for sure. But I think like this is a little too much, like maybe too much gas on mm. this one, a little too mm. much. Mm-hmm. And my mm-hmm. only other, there were no tropes, which is good. But my only other note, I really cannot let this go. We have talked before about how she borrows from Paramore a lot mm-hmm. and it just felt so good is it's misery business which came out in 07 and i could let it go if it was just like hanging on the end of a line but she she like repeats it alone at one point and i don't know if that's like a wink to her friend or what but i was like like i don't know it didn't sit well with me didn't love it Mm. i hear you yeah track four 
Don't blame me. Don't blame me. Uh, I think it's the same team. Written by Swift, Martin, and Shellback. Produced by Martin and Shellback. This song is really good. Yeah. But I cannot love it because it is a direct rip of Hozier's Take Me to Church in a way. It makes me so uncomfortable that like, it, and it's so good. Like structurally, it's so good, but I, it's too close. Way too close. And I, it, it makes me not like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, like after when I was listening through this album this morning at the gym, after I listened to Hozier. It's like, I would much rather listen to this. Yeah. this is, you know. But yeah, the sec- the second verse is weak, but I like the line, I once was poison ivy, but now I'm your daisy. Mm-hmm. Which is like, okay. Mm. That's nice. That's cute. Yeah. But yeah, all in all, I could throw this song away. I don't love it. Yeah. What do you think, Evan? Yeah, I think the same thing. I think immediately to me, it, it does sound exactly like Take Me to Church, but it does kind of feel like, like classic bluesy whiskey rock roots of taylor swift and mm. like a, but mm-hmm. it's like the edm popper poppier version of it in the heavier version there's that song that her and heim came out with what on this on evermore oh I yeah despise that song i think it's really really bad but it's kind of like i don't the, like it either like sultry vibey like but country feeling or like rock feeling and this is like this is like that but poppy i i don't i don't like this song either i mean yeah. There's not a t- I probably only really like like five or six songs on this album, but um, mm. you know, this one this same, is not one same of them. thing. <laughs> this also just placement wise feels a little weird to me because it's like Yeah. I don't know. We're we're, we're here we are in the fourth song and we kind of haven't gotten like that classic Taylor sound. Not that she needs to be happy yeah. all the time. She can feel what she wants to feel, but like eventually you get to the point where you're hearing getaway car and some of these like happier, more euphoric sounding songs, and it's like oh, Yeah, but not yet. It feels very chaptery in that Mixed way. Mixed in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This one, it's super moody. Again, with the Hozier thing, like, I can't I can't separate it. So that's why I can't enjoy it. I do think the verses, though, are a little less Hosiery, And those, I think, are better than the chorus. So I think her the verses, like, the way her vocals are in this, they're a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. I'm into that. Mm-hmm. And I think, to your point, Evan, if she took this vibe and wrote an album, it would be so so good it would be so so good but it just needs to distance itself from the influence because i would have picked this as my favorite for the album but to me this is not her song this is his song like that's how Mm. close it is to me so i just Mm. couldn't yeah can't get over it oh and then tropes on my knees amen this girl is gonna gonna get a honestly something (laughs) she seems like someone who has low iron (laughs) yes she does yeah I bet. <laughs> she does look like she she has low iron. Well observed, Evan. Mm-hmm. Uh, track five, Delicate. All right, Delicate was written by Swift, Martin, and Shellback, produced by Martin and Shellback. It was the fifth single, March 12th of 2018. I didn't realize this was a single. There's some issues I have with the song, but all in all, I really like it. I think it's super sexy. I like the vocoder that she uses in the beginning, oh. and the vocoder is something that she uses on a lot of other tracks, so it's like her first time playing with that toy, and she really digs it. I like it because I've been on this date, dark dive bar in New York City with a dude in all black wearing Nikes, like, and I find it annoying that that's all it takes for me to be attracted to a man, but here we are. Timeless. I know, t- timeless look. It's cool, it's chill, bugs me on a lyrical level because she can do better than that, but again, yeah. I, I'm okay with it in this song. Um, what I don't like are the I like yous and the I want yous in the background yeah. because they're just like filler and you can say something better than that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I And I also relate to this song in a way because I just met someone and I'm very concerned about like, did I say something that was okay? Is that okay? So I get right, it. Right. Is, is it cool that you said all that? Is, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, it's been cool that I've said all the things go. I've said. So Fantastic. It's great. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I, I, I'm okay with this song. I'm okay with this song. You know, I'm a hopeless romantic, so I, I love the, I mean, there's a reason why I loved Taylor when I did, right? Like, that I still do, yeah, but I got yeah. hooked on it on those early songs, and a song like Enchanted is my favorite, because it's like, you appreciate her, like, uh, you appreciate how, I don't know, naive she, not naive, not naive, but like how... I'm not doing a good job of articulating this, but like she makes you fall in love with her. Yeah, when she's like it's very relatable. Like you're there with her. Yeah, yeah, it's very relatable and like these exciting stages of meeting someone, getting to know them, falling in love, all that yeah. kind of stuff. Right? You could write a billion pop songs about that, and they have been doing that. But I always appreciate sure. that, like something like that. So to have to, to have a song written about something as you know, kind of simple as meeting someone and being worried about how you're being perceived by them and you know your actions and what you're saying it's like yeah we, we've all been there just like gabby said so i appreciate yeah. that versus the first four of the songs you're like you know what the fuck i don't know if i've ever really yeah. i guess i felt this but not in this did i do something way. bad yeah, yeah. You know, i don't know it's, just a, it's a more relatable feeling when for me when i listen to music yeah yeah, yeah. I, I agree with that sentiment and i actually wrote down on the last album we uh, consensus was we did not like Out of the Woods, but I loved the prem- like the idea behind it. Because to me, Out of the Woods is similar vibe. Like, we're in a relationship. Are we past that awkward stage yet? Are we good? I don't know. And mm-hmm. I had said last episode, I really hope she reuses this idea because I feel like it was a wasted idea. And so I feel like she did. So I really love the concept of the song for all the reasons you guys said. Um, I will say I hate the vocoder thing. I Whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. The auto-tune intro. I can't stand it. I feel like without it, it would be such a stronger song. Sorry, Gabby. I like it. I like it <laughs> oh, God. I'm sorry. It makes me think of Image and Heap, but like bad Image and Heap. Like not good. I think the best part is the bridge, melodically and musically. It makes me think of 1989, so we still have that like overlap. Mm-hmm. But but it's trope heavy. We have phone, jeans, and dreaming. I didn't think we would see the jeans again, Gabby, but they're here. It's Nikes and the dark jeans. Look at you. I was mm-hmm. so surprised, but they're here. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I think the jeans are fine in this song. Okay. We, th- he can keep them then. Mm-hmm. He yeah. can keep them on. <laughs> Track six, Look What You Made Me Do. Let's okay. go. This is a long one. All right, so Look What You Made Me Do, written by Swift, Jack Antonoff, Richard Fairbrass, who is the English singer, bassist, and TV host. He's the lead, lead singer of Right Said Fred. Fred Fairbrass, his brother, Rob Manzoli, the guitarist of Right Said Fred. And then it was produced by Swift and Antonoff. It was the first single, August 24th, 2017. Yes. Um, and worth noting, they got writing credits. They didn't oh, yeah. write it with her. They just got writing credits because the chorus is obviously. Nice try, Drake. Yeah. Taylor beat you to it. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> uh, I hate everything that's happening on this song. Oh, God. Absolutely everything about Fuck it. You. you like this song? Song rips. My first note is gross. So yeah, go ahead, this Gabby. Song is so sick. I remember when this song came out. I immediately, know. I remember I was sitting on my dining room table watching the fucking. It wasn't even the music video. It was the lyric video for it. And I oh yeah, I do remember that, that. Yeah, being like, I don't know what just happened, but that was awesome. That shit no is so way. Sad. I'm sorry. Everything about this song is bad. The bridge is terrible. Taylor is better than this. She's dead. She's talking again. She's dead. She's talking again. And it's, oh. this is the weirdest one. The old Taylor's dead. No, she's not, bitch. You're still writing about jeans and dresses. Still. Like, let's not. She's very let's much Let's not here. do this. Um, it's just a all around nope. I On a plus side, I love 
I love when she's angry because I think she writes really good lines when she's really mad at somebody. Okay. And I love the ballsiness of I've got a list of names and yours is in red underlined. I just love that. Yeah, that's a good one. Like she's big mad. And I love like the direct call outs to Kanye. I don't like your tilted stage. Like I like oh, that. Like, I had no idea. Oh, that, yes. Him. That is okay. a Kanye call because. Oh, oh yeah, you went to that tour. Wow. Um, but yeah, he was—he had like a stage that was like suspended, and it would like tilt and stuff. Oh, but yeah, I—it's all around nope. But I'm happy for her that she just had to get this out because she had so many feelings after that whole thing. Like that whole situation obviously really fucked her up. Yeah, and she had to get this out, and I hope that it made her feel better. I am upset that she that she has subjected people to it. Mm. <laughs> mm. Mm. Interesting. So, Evan, why do you love it so much? It's just, there's so much about it. Listen, (laughs) I don't even know where to start with all my thoughts here. First off, other than I'm Too Sexy, there are no pop songs that sound just like this. Like, it's, it's, and it was a huge step for Taylor. This being the lead single, it was a huge step because 1989, as awesome as as it was, like, really incredible. Everybody loved that. Like, she wasn't going to do the same album, and she wanted to come back with this fire and vengeance and whatever. And this being the lead single, it was like, whoa, this is different. This is crazy. Mm. And then paired with that, the music video. You know, the music video was like, it was just so over it's the top. Good. And it's a good video. Classic yeah. Taylor with the Easter eggs just everywhere. I mean, there was like, on one of the tombstones, it's one of those names is the, like, the the ghostwriting name that she used for, like, some Calvin Harris song, yeah. you know? And there was yeah, kind of wow. Calvin Harris beef, and there was all this shit, and... It just, at the end, how there's all these different versions of Taylor. I just, listen, is it overproduced? For sure. And, like, everything yeah, of Taylor's yeah. is overproduced at this point. But, like, I don't know. It definitely felt like, like, it was just such an interesting take. And, uh, listen, do I think it's, like, the deepest song in the world? Fuck no. But, like, no. <laughs> it bangs. I just DJed a Taylor Swift night, like, a month ago. <laughs> and that shit rips in the club. Like, people wow. love it. So... Okay. And it, I do think the video is amazing. The video, the video is, is so amazing. good. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. Cla- Taylor loves to do that corny shit where she talks. Like, she does it like three times on this album. We know. I know. We know. I know. And I'm like, she's horrible. If you can't love Taylor it's a very, at her corniest, then you don't get her at her best. Oh, wow. It's a very, when she does the talking parts, sometimes I'm annoyed, sometimes I'm cool with it, and it's because it's a very boy band thing, and I was a boy band girl. Oh, that's true. All the boy bands do the sexy talking Mm. part in the middle. All of them. There's not one that hasn't done the sexy talking. This is so, all right, so my notes are- Speak for yourself, (laughs) Sorry. My notes are gross. Uh, The lyrics are dumb. The talking is cringy and horrific. I actually wrote that. It's horrific. The tropes are king and bad dreams but what i will say the good thing i will say about the song is the way and i don't know what the word for it is and i remember when it came out people were like analyzing the chorus of the song the way she like wraps it around itself because if you try to sing along it's like like there you go you get stuck so it's look what you made me do look what you made me do look just what you made me do look what you just made me do or whatever it is adding that just in there it's like a hiccup and it like fucks up the line so if you're like not completely in the zone you can't get it and i remember like when it came out not even a fan of hers trying to sing along to this in the car and i was like what is she doing like my brain is like why isn't this working so i just find that to be super super interesting 
but it's the only interesting thing about the song. The rest of it's like it's a trash heap, and I can't believe it was the first single. Like so risky to me. To but you were still singing along in that car. I was. I was. That's how you know. Uh, track seven. Okay. So it goes. So it goes. Swift, Martin Shellback, Oscar Gores, who is a Swedish producer who has worked with Britney Pink. Uh, Tovlo, Five Seconds of Summer, etc. Uh, produced by Martin Shellback and Goris. I'm grateful for a complete change of pace after Look What You Made Me Do. Like, very grateful. Okay. But I think it's kind of boring. Mm. The opening verse is pretty boring. I like the chorus, and the production building up to the chorus is pretty good, but I think the song overall is mid I do like that she talks about this guy being a magician in verse one and then in verse two, she's the illusionist. And that's just a Taylor thing for me. Like she yeah. does that. She yeah. likes to connect things. And I appreciate that in terms of like someone who cares about making their songwriting cohesive. Yeah, but I take it or leave it with this song. Mm. Least stream song on the album. So that should tell you. Oh. Yeah. I mean, if, seriously, I listened to this song after Look What You Made Me Do. And I was like, oh. I don't know if I've ever heard this one before. And I don't know if it's just because <laughs> I was blacked out after Look What You Made Me Do. But like, You just kept repeating Look What yeah, You Made Me Do. I don't know. That you never got past of, that one. Yeah. yeah, I was still reeling from that banger that I, I kind of forgot about this one. Yeah, it doesn't really do much for me. It doesn't... I think there's a reason why it's the least streamed. It's like reassuring for me to, to realize that. Because I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I don't even really remember this one. This is a classic yeah. like you know modern day pop album though that has four too many songs that it needs to and at this mm-hmm. point now it's like 10 too many songs that it needs to right like yeah. looking at folklore and evermore i mean did those two albums need to be two albums no you could have done no the 11 best songs on there and it would have been a fucking huge album but it doesn't really matter at this point for someone like taylor swift so crank out your 17 to 25 songs and you're good so yeah that's been one of my things with her all along is i feel like i'd be a fan of hers if she could edit more because like this song couldn't tell you how it goes the rest of these like i have a little glimmer of it in my mind i have no idea how this goes but i did write that it feels like it took the most effort it feels like she was trying really really hard i wrote bad things with you so again lyrically we're like traveling to a place that i don't think is where she belongs tripping when you're gone i was like Mm -hmm. come on taylor like stop that it's a big skip for me and there were no tropes so it's just like boo wasted time i think yeah yeah i'm uh i'm not a fan no. Track eight, Gorgeous. Gorgeous, written Gorgeous. by Swift, Martin, and Shellback. Yeah. <laughs> Produced nice. by Martin and Shellback. In typical Taylor fashion, halfway through her album, she puts a piece of bubblegum absolute shit. Yeah. I'm not sure when she, if she's ever going to learn to stop doing this. This song is, it's not good in any way. It's lyrically terrible. You're so cool, it makes me hate you so much. And then she's singing about whiskey. Like, you're a grown-up. What it's are you talking so about? It's so bad. Oh, uh, you make me so happy, it turns back to sad. Like, what <laughs> does that mean? Who Who is the baby again? The baby is, so the baby's voice is Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively's daughter. That's what it was. Okay. What? In the beginning. Why? Yeah. why they're not? friends? I don't know. So why she not? could tell people that they're friends. That's why. Wasn't Blake Lively one of the, like, the classic Taylor Amazons? Like, tall, Yeah, she's friends? like one of her, her beautiful besties. Jesus. Um, the only thing I will say, I can relate to this song in, in a certain way because there is a thing that happens when you have a crush on a very good-looking man. I'm talking like, like tall, like the whole like Adam Driver, you know, 
Sure, like yeah. you're Adam Driver. <laughs> There's a thing that happens when you have a crush on a good-looking man that's so hot that you have a hard time talking to. Right. That has happened to me many times. So I understand being like, that's that person is too gorgeous. Right. I, <laughs> how do I... Bleh, like, right. I'm just drooling. So, like, I get it. But don't write a song about that guy because what ends up happening, that guy's a moron. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they always are. He's not worth the song. Right. Not even a bad one. Not even a bad one. I like the song. I mean, oh, I don't, no. I don't, I don't, it's not my favorite. It's not my favorite, but I don't know. Whatever. Like, it feels all right. I, I don't like the kid at the start. That always weirded me so out. So stupid. Like, I don't it's find so myself stupid. listening to it kind of because of that. But it's got that kind of, like, money sound at the end. There's, like, some break. In, yes, in the break it does. That's yeah. like, it, it feels like this could have been on Lover with, like, me and some of these other songs. Oh, I yeah, do hear that. It's it, it feels a little out of place here, but this is the this is like the cue of the back half of the album being a lot more classic Taylor happy yes. sound, right? So like, okay, whether that was intentional or not, like it does start. Yeah, it, it signifies like the turning of the page in that way. I just okay. yeah, it's it's a fine song to me. Mm, I, I the child part is weird. She makes some weird choices on this. So weird. Lyrically, it's stupid. And the one that I wrote down, you make me so happy, it turns me back to sad. There's nothing I hate more than what I can't have. I guess I'll just stumble home to my cats. What the fuck? Nobody was like, put the bottle down, Taylor. Stop it right here. Why would you share this with people? She's just like us. What do you mean? No, I would never. I would never. She's not. She is. She's a human being. It's waves and money. How Evan. do you write that? She's lyric? not like me. How do you write that lyric? And like three songs ago, you were like, "Fuck you, dude! I'm a badass bitch." And now you're gonna stumble home to your cats on the same album? Like you crazy person? What is happening? Th- that it doesn't make any sense on it this makes album. An, and where I think she's both like, of those, I'm a bad bitch. And I think both of those people are not really her. So it's like I'm so you're somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I don't know. It makes sense for this album because like. As you said at the beginning, like this, she's playing a she's playing a character on this album, right? Like, there's a certain element of it that none of us had seen Taylor with an edge, yeah. or Taylor fight back, or Taylor stand up for herself. So, like, she's done that, I guess, on the first five six songs, and now she's kind of back to being Taylor. You know, it's almost like she got the courage <laughs> to fucking stand up and say something, and, and now and, she's and, just and, being and now weird. she's like, ah, oh, but wait a minute, I kind of like being. <laughs> pushover or like you know maybe well, not a or not being this person yeah, sorry. yeah 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 I no guess. we know what you meant so no tropes no tropes yeah um well track nine getaway car best song on the album i'm glad we're, <laughs> i'm so glad we arrived okay so it's written by swift and antonoff produced by swift and antonoff um sixth single september 7th 2018 i love this song it's very 80s pop it's very 1989 it's what i wanted yes I knew it from the first old fashioned we were cursed. I love that line yeah. so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I like the way she's singing it. Like, she, there's like more inflection, and then the chorus hits. It's like she's bringing you to that place. Yeah. The melodies in the chorus are great. Don't pretend it's such a mystery. Think about the place da, where da, you da, first da, met da, me. Ah, yeah. oh, my God. It's so good. Yeah. She's dying and crying in a car, and I don't want to ride. But I will dance to this song. Yeah. Totally Evan, agree. your favorite? Yeah, yeah, it's my favorite. It's my favorite for the obvious reasons, right? Because yeah. reason why I love Enchanted and yeah, all these other songs mm-hmm. that it's like it just feels the most classic Taylor. And it, yes, yeah, I mean it could have been like split in two albums. It does not make sense 
four, like 15 minutes after we just heard future rapping. It just sounds so odd. <laughs> I forgot that yeah. happened. You're yeah. Right. You know, you really feel yeah. like you're listening to a couple things. And of course, by the end, when we get to it, we're, you know, with New Year's Day or whatever, it's, just, it's the whole back half of the album is great for us classic Taylor, Taylor Swift fans, but it just doesn't yeah. totally make sense. But at the same time, who doesn't love like a fucking octave change and like uh, all these things about it? It's just really it's easy to so, love. It's really easy to it's love. It's so, it's well put together. Right. It's just really good. It really is. It definitely 1989 vibes. I almost kind of wish he had maybe not opened because I do love the opener for this album, but this I feel like should have been earlier in the album. It's just so inviting. And I really love the idea of a metaphor for like a bank robbery and a relationship. It's kind of Mm -hmm. a weird thing to think about, but it works. It's so good. Mm. I do wish the weird intro robot voice thing wasn't there. To me, it's like, Everything else about it is so beautiful and well done. It takes me out. It took me, I, I, the first time I tried listening, I skipped the song because I was like, oh no, another one of these. So, uh, and then she my She loves only, that vocoder. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, she loves put it. Put it away. Not this one. And the only other thing I will say is I love the choruses, but I don't know if it's like a sonic thing. I just wish they were bigger. Like they didn't feel big enough, especially the last one. Like I wanted like more noise. I don't know what it was. It just didn't feel I big hear enough. You. Yeah. Okay. But it's a great song. And then this one is the trope, Riding in a Getaway Car. Mm. So there you go. I love the way it ends, though. The riding in a getaway car. I was riding in a getaway car. Uh, don't look. You should, you yeah. should find a way to edit my singing, but like, I, I love the way it ends. It feels like it just keeps on building. It's good. Ends, yeah. So. Yeah. It's good. It's a very good yeah, one. Yeah. It's, it's a good one. Um, all right. Track 10. King of My Heart. King of My Heart. Written by Swift, Martin, and Shellback. Produced by Martin and Shellback. After Getaway Car and then this, I was like, oh, okay, I'm in a part of this album where I'm very comfortable. I like this song, and I'll I'll let you talk about the tropes. There's a lot Uh, in this song, and there's a lot on this album. Good lord. I like that the first verse is back just by snaps, which is kind of nice. Right, okay. Because you don't really know where it's going to go. I think the production is cool, but... Too much EDM and trap production to me is boring and lazy. Yeah. And I think that the production here is starting to border on boring and lazy because it all kind of sounds the same. Mm -hmm. And I like the chorus before the bridge where it's just an acoustic guitar. Okay. That's one where everything gets taken out. And this is the first decent bridge, in my opinion, that the album has. Mm. Is this the end of all the endings? My broken bones are mending that whole part. Okay. Mm. But it's fun. It's a fun dance jam. It's just, it's whatever. I could leave it. Okay. I'm interested to hear how you feel, Evan. I, I like it. I like the kind of, I guess it's the bridge part, the breakdown of it. Um, just beat wise, where it comes in a little bit heavier. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, it's again, like it kind of fuses the feel good vibe of Taylor um, with a lot of what the production on the first half of the record was like it's it's a bit heavier than what we it is a lot heavier than what we'd normally heard from her but same kind of thing as gabby where i'm like eh, i could do without it i don't find myself like calling back on it and you kind of even forget about the name of yeah it, so um yeah i think that that could have replaced it could have maybe replaced you know what's the what so it goes or like oh yeah sure, or even yeah. i did something bad you know maybe if you had like one of these more heavier produced songs but the ones that feel good like on the front half of the record then putting gorgeous as your third song wouldn't feel so random but we're putting gorgeous i don't know what we're putting third i'm just saying one of these (laughs) songs 
after Endgame would be it would be like whoa or sure. getaway car. You know, it would just feel odd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah this yeah, could yeah. be the. This you. is probably the more natural segue to it. Okay, so my first note is that this song is noise pollution. I think it's horrible. I wrote noise pollution. This song is horrible. So much noise. <laughs> like I like it hurt me to listen to this. It was so bad. I wrote that it feels like five different songs, all of which are terrible. Mm. Like I couldn't connect <laughs> any of the parts. I wrote again with the robots. I guess I meant the vocoder. It's the vocoder. And then I also wrote down, is that how you say Jaguar? Jaguar? Jaguar. Jaguar. Yeah. Is that how Jaguar. you're supposed to say it's it? It's a British brand and they say it Jaguar. 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 The whole thing threw me. And then one part, I think it's in the bridge, when she says something, something crush, and then something, something yeah. cups. The cups just makes yeah. me laugh when I hear her I say like cups. I like the bridge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is in the bridge. Uh, up on the roof with a schoolgirl crush, drinking beer out of plastic cups. The cups makes me laugh. It just sounds so silly. Um, and then for tropes, we have queen, kingdom, my room, dreaming, and king. Mm. That's a lot. She's got to relax. She's playing a whole fucking deck of cards here. Oh, my goodness. Uh, her I whole think, hand. I think Joker or Jack was also in there. Joker, maybe? I forget. I stopped after maybe. a while. Yes, I was like, Joker all was in there. Yeah. All right. Uh, Eleven. Dancing with Our Hands Tied. Okay, written by Swift, Martin, Shellback, and Oscar Holter, Swedish producer based in the U.S. He has worked with The Weeknd, Katy Perry, Charlie, XCX, Christina, etc. Produced by Martin, Shellback, and Holter. I love, this is my favorite song on this album. I love this song, and I love that she's telling a story here, which she hasn't done on this record yet. Okay. This relationship is pretty good. She's into it, but it's also not right. Whatever is going on is not right, which I like. Okay. There's a sick drop when the chorus hits. There's very, a lot of house music vibes on this track. Mm. And I love the bridge, too, but I forget how it goes. If I could dance with you again, or whatever she says. I'm, whatever, it's I'm great. I love familiar. it. Okay. I love it. Evan, thoughts? I was just listening to a tiny little bit of it there. I forgot about There's like this <laughs> super epic drum roll of... You know, yes. like that. I mean, this is a yeah. drum and bass song. Like, not to get too yeah. niche with subgenres in the oh, electronic yeah. music world yeah. but like it is and it's funny because like right now drum and bass music is like kind of on the up as far as its popularity in electronic and so I, yeah. I when I heard this I was like oh shit is Taylor Swift like singing over drum and bass it's it's really it's got a great energy to it it's got a great speed to it like you yeah you kind of do feel like you're like you got some movement to it and I, I appreciate okay. that for sure and then yeah same thing the epic kind of like drop to it feels feels yeah, really good it's pretty epic yeah yeah i i actually like this song a lot too and I, again i think that this could replace one of the earlier songs where it's just like she's just being aggressive not aggressive but she's just being like edgy for the sake of being yeah. edgy maybe you know it's yeah, like this sure, has yeah. like some there's not many pop songs that have that kind of drum beat to it so I, I, mm-hmm. I liked it i liked it i love like a really cinematic drum roll i like all that kind of stuff i'm always listening to like the instrumental side of things more than lyrics so it, I, I like yeah. that you two are so lyric focused it seems like because it, it, it makes me realize things that I that I haven't so great oh, team nice. here great team here mm-hmm. yeah great Full job circle. everyone um, I do really like the way this starts it actually makes me think of Blinding Light by the weekend the drum beat ooh yeah, yeah I actually play them both side to side they're not exact but the vibe is very much the same but which I liked I think the verses and the pre-courses are great. I personally don't like the drop in the chorus. Mm. It, I like I lose interest as soon as it drops. I kind of wish I could just hear the verses stacked on top of each other. That's enough for me. Like I don't need like a crazy catchy chorus. That's how much I like them. And the tropes were dance and dancing. 
But mm. I do agree that I feel like lyrically, conceptually, it could definitely replace something earlier. Yeah. Yeah. It makes For sense sure. that this producer has worked with Charlie XCX and some other people, though. Like, it's got See, I'm not, I'm not a fan, so, but maybe, yeah, like, if you can hear it, then I guess that does make yeah, sense. Yeah, it just kind of yeah. feels European in that way. Like, it does feel you know, very European. Drum and bass is very big in lots of parts of Europe, and it's not huge here, so. Right, right, yeah. maybe that's why. Interesting, yeah. yeah. All right, track 12, Dress. Dress, written by Swift and Antonoff, produced by Swift and Antonoff. I love this song. I think it's super sexy. I've always loved this song. It's always been one of my favorites on this album. I like that she just wants this guy to take her clothes off. And as her albums progress, she gets more and more comfortable writing about sex. Mm -hmm. And I, Mm. I think it's super empowering for her to fucking record this and put it on here when she, you know, started out being 14, 15 years old and couldn't talk about things like this. And here's like a super sexy song. I love the rhythm, the syncopation during the pre-chorus. I love Say My Name and Everything Just Stops. Like, that's great. Um, I only brought this dress so you can take it off. Like, I feel like I need to leave the room when I'm like, I'm not supposed to be here. Mm. Right. And I also love the bridge. Even in my worst times, you saw the truth in me. I think that's really a nice line. Mm. And I love the post bridge chorus where she says, say my name and everything just stops. And there's no music for a beat. Like everything stops. I think that's a very nice, nice production choice. I love this song. It's great. I like it too. I definitely like it. I, I definitely, I'm glad that you brought up the, her feeling a lot more comfortable talking or just kind of having a sexual persona. Cause it's even something that I noticed and like on ready for it, there's like a real, like a very audible moan that she lets out. And like, I don't know mm. if that's meant to be sexual or not, but like, yeah, there, she just, a is way more comfortable talking about this stuff. Even like the lead into the, to the chorus there, there's like some really heavy breathing, you know, the, yeah. Uh, yeah. I just, I appreciate that about her. Cause it's like, it would be so, disgenuine or just unrealistic for her to continue to write the same way that she was writing when she yes. was, you know, on Tim McGraw or whatever. So yeah, I, I appreciate that. It sounds cool. It's like very along production wise. It's very similar to the other songs too, which I guess builds some uniformity to it. But um, yeah, it is, it is good. It is good. To, to that point, Evan, I like didn't love this song. My first note is that it's very lusty, mm. but I feel like I've heard this song a couple times already on this album. Like I feel mm. in three or four songs, we're in the dark taking our clothes off. So if she had maybe not done those other ones for the reasons you like it, Gabby, in mm. terms of like her coming into her own, I think I would have liked it more. Uh, but nothing about it to me is particularly memorable. And I just cannot stand like how the chorus is like all falsetto. Like it just... Like it's so She's up there. Moaning, I just Kate. that's what it happening. doesn't sound like that. It sounds She's, like the guy like, just took it, her clothes off. Well, I don't like that sound, and that's none of my <laughs> business. You know what I mean? I shouldn't know these things. But like, so saying, not into it. That's why I'm like, I feel like I should leave the room. <laughs> yeah, but maybe that's maybe I'm like, excuse me, I'll just go to the next song. Um, and then the lyric tropes are your crowded room and dress, of course, obviously. obviously. Um. Yeah. 13. This is why we can't have nice things. Okay. Written by Swift and Antonoff. Produced by Swift and Antonoff. After four good songs, I don't loathe this entirely. If I would, if it was somewhere else on this track listing. 
It feels kind of like a nice palette cleanse, and I'm supportive of her throwing more swings at Kanye West. Mm. Okay, so that is, that was my question. So that is who this is about. Yes. Well, okay. I think so- somewhat, yes. I think there's okay. very specific things that are about him. Friends don't try to trick you, get you on the phone, and mind twist you. I, I think Obviously. that might be about him, yes. too. And The Bridge is also a, a copy of Mockery of Kanye's Runaway, where he's like, here's a toast to my whatever friends, and he does oh. that. And she's doing it, but she's doing it like an asshole right this song would annoy me but i understand that the intent is for her to be a dick and i think Mm. she does that really well okay i i also love the line feeling so gatsby for that whole year like that's so cool you got to feel like gatsby for a year (laughs) what's that like well she's telling you (laughs) yeah i can leave this song but i appreciate its intention and i think it achieves what it intends to achieve okay Mm. okay yeah, I, I, I go back and forth on this one. I feel like it feels like a little too... It, it kind of has the corniness of I did something bad. Of like, mm, yes. Maybe it's just the title of the song, too. It's like, this is why we can't have nice things. It feels like... I don't know. It's it's too straightforward for me. But I do... Like, sonically, it's it sounds cool. It's kind of fun to listen to, right? It's kind of a fun thing to, like, yell along to. Um, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that there was the the line the, the line about the the phone and you know if there are some obvious Kanye things I think that yeah. this is like what what I like about this Taylor Swift album or what I've liked learning about this Taylor Swift album is really how like a lot of it we just assume is about Kanye or about this person or that person but I think it's a bigger thing of like she has been criticized for her essentially her whole career up until this point and still she'll always be criticized right you're a pop star sure, yeah. that's what happens comes with the territory sure. but. You know, she, it's almost like she's like, okay, what the fuck do you want me to do? Like, you don't want, like, I I decided not to talk about politics for so long. And then I finally say something and half of the world hates me for it. Or if I finally do this or that, you know, it's the same thing. Once you all get into lover, you're going to realize that even more. Like, she finally kind of starts making these statements of of this and that. And then, of course, the backlash comes with it because you're never going to please everybody. There's always going to be people with different views. So right. here she is, like, I kind of appreciate this song and, and how it fits into that of, like, nothing's going to be perfect. You you can't have nice things because even if you do, someone's going to shit on them. And, and, mm. and even if you don't, you know, she's she's in this position where she can't win. And I some I, mm. when I hear the phrase, this is why we can't have nice things, you kind of get that same that's sense of, hear. like, yeah, you, like, there's nothing that's perfect in life. Sure. <laughs> so right, right. I, I think that this is, like, her euphoric way to say that versus... I did something bad or something like that. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really interesting to hear both your takes on this. Because the first time I listened to it, like, couldn't stand it. My first note was actually, this song might be worse than King of My Heart. <laughs> Harsh, Kate. You know, I was, like, not feeling it. But here's my thing, and I said this on the last episode. I'm not an Antonov fan, and I can hear him in every beat of this song. Like, I hear him all over this. Yeah. So that could be, like, my big thing, why I don't love it. But... Hearing, like, the intention and what Evan was just saying, I do think if I were to listen to it again, it's tongue-in-cheek, like, on purpose. Yeah. Whereas one of my original notes was, this feels braggy in a weird way. But I get it. I get it. And then my other question was, is this about the Kardashians? Or, well, I guess more Kanye. But, um... But okay, not my favorite. Yeah. But it serves a purpose. I get it. I I think it's a little bit about a lot of people. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe not them. Expl- yeah. yeah, that makes sense. What, what I like about when she does the whole here's the, a toast is because she did that on Dear John. She took John's guitar style and she used yes. that on the song where she That's sang true. about him. And I love that she did that. 
Yeah. Well, she wants it to be very clear. Yeah. She wants it to, and that's her thing. And I think that maybe some people have an issue with this part about her, but she's not shy about that shit. Mm. Right. Right. She'll be petty. Yeah. She'll be petty. And like, yeah, I appreciate a petty bitch. Like that's (laughs) high entertainment value. And those girls are fun. They're fun to hang out with. And the only trope on this was rain. Okay. So not so bad. That's fine. Track 14. Call it what you want. Again, Swift and Antonoff, produced by Swift and Antonoff. I could leave the production of this song. I think it's kind of boring. Okay. But I love a lyrical content. Again, I love that something, like, she feels like my castle crumbled overnight. I bought a knife to a gunfight. They took the crown, but it's all right. And then I, lo- I love even more, nobody's heard from me for months. I'm doing better than I ever was. Mm-hmm. Like, that is a... That is a flex. That is such a flex for, like, someone who's in the public eye. Yeah. Like, you know, I'm fine. I'm the best. Don't worry about it. I think that's great. I also love the line, all my flowers grew back as thorns, which, like, ouch. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I like the lyric, the lyrics and the structure of this song much more than I like the final product. Uh, okay. I, I feel like she needs to stop working with Jack Antonoff. I don't think he's the right guy for her. <sighs> I agree. I've thought that about every, every pop singer who's worked with Jack Antonoff. Are you not an Antonov fan, Evan? Yo, so I liked, I mean, I liked fun. I liked, I actually liked Bleachers. I think that that stuff's actually pretty interesting and and, and it feels really good. But man, that, I mean, the most recent Lord album is like atrociously bad and like. That one's bad. But Melodrama's great. Melodrama's great, but I just feel like a lot of Jack working with pop singers, like the songs are are one big thing away from them being huge songs. They they just feel like three, like 75% of the way finished. So I'm not a huge fan of him, and I don't like. I do not like anything on Lover that he did, which he mm. essentially did like all of it, right? Or he did a mm. bunch of it. I, I don't. We know. haven't gotten always, there yet, so we don't know. We'll see. We'll right, find out. Right, it's a good point. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, but I, I'm not a huge fan of him working with pop singers in general, just because just feels unfinished. I, but I think it's interesting, and like I'm proud of him on one hand because he's from New Jersey, and I'll be proud of anyone who achieves sure. success from New Jersey. There's just a thing we have: we have good bagels, yeah. pizza, and success. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> But I feel like I know I know this is a guy who grew up as an emo scene kid and like this is it's so mid like that shit's yeah. not great. And I don't know. I don't know. I just he's overrated. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I, I actually to your point, Gabby, I think lyrically this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think it's a great song that way. And I think the verses are the best part. I think the melody is really good and I love how super simple and quiet they are. And I think especially after a lot of kind of high energy, loud, sonically kind of crazy songs, it's a nice break. But one lyric that stuck out to me and I just can't get it out of my head as a as a negative, I'm laughing with my lover making forts undercovers, trust him like a brother. I was like, oh, oh, you had me. And now like you can't sneak the word brother in a love song. You can. Miguel's done it, and he's done it very sexy, so I'll, let, I'll allow Yuck. it. Mm. It bothered me. I get it. I get but it. But otherwise, I don't know. Again, I kind of with the, whatever song it was before, if I could just stack the verses, I think I'd be really into it. Yeah. The choruses are weak. You're right. They're, yeah. Wasn't here for the choruses. And then tropes, we've got Castle, Daydream, Storm, Kings, Queens, Jokers, all over the so place. So many. So many. So many. Yeah, it's so weak. My babies fly like a jet stream. Yuck. Yuck. Also, it's she's like, saying fly, which she shouldn't be saying. Fly, right? It just felt, it didn't, 
it was weird. The verses felt like her, and then the choruses did not feel like her. Yeah. So. All right, guys, we're here. Last song. Oh my God. 15. New Year's Day. Uh, again, Swift and Antonoff. They both wrote it and produced it. It was the fourth single, November 27th, 2017. I was so sure that she did this one by herself. Definitely Antonoff like is so not needed on this song in well, any way. What did he really do, right? Like He just recorded it, I guess. Sure, Maybe played some piano, sure. Um, yeah. I usually hate the slow one, as you know, Kate. But I yeah. love this song. This oh, song, no. I like it. I, it's like the party's over. And I can kind of see her. Yeah, Evan knows. I can kind of see her playing this song the morning after a huge rager, like beer bottles all over the floor, confetti everywhere. And this girl just like woke up still in her party outfit, makeup fucked up, and is just sitting at this piano. Like I can see it happening. Okay. I love, there's so many good lines. My favorite is... Please don't ever become a stranger whose laugh I could recognize anywhere. It is the worst feeling to know that someone is in a room that you don't talk to anymore and to hear yeah. them. And so anytime yeah. I hear that line, I'm like, ooh, fuck, that's the, that's the worst. And she also says, you and me forevermore. And I wonder if that's oh, just a I coincidence. Oh, I did catch that, yes. Or if that maybe is some call to evermore, like maybe if that stuck with her. But I love this mm. song, and I think in, at any other album, her putting a slow song at the end as the closer would has felt so weird and out of place, but this really doesn't for me. I really love this song. Interesting. Mm. I love the song, too. I really love the song. Wow. Yeah, I mean, this is, it, it hits it for me on the, like, I love Dear John. I love, like, kind of the slower, sappier ones. Totally same thought process with Gabby of, like, it feels, you, you can see it. You can see what's happening. Like, you can envision... Mm her like the day after new year's and i i love a symbolic you know turning of the page and into the new year and, and and how taylor definitely appreciates some symbolism too so there's also the really sweet story of her and jimmy fallon jimmy fallon's mom passed away and he took some time off from the show and then you know his first show back apparently like the morning of or something when they he decided to come back they they were able to get taylor swift to be this you know the musical guest which was a big deal because taylor doesn't really as far as like late night TV shows like that, you know, when Taylor she's performs on TV. She's doing couch time. She's not doing performances Yeah, anymore. she's at an award show or it's SNL. It's not like some, you know, because they do so many of those late night shows. They're not getting right. people as huge as Taylor Swift. Well, there's the line about, you know, squeeze your hand three times in the back of the cab or whatever. And Jimmy Fallon's mom, that was always something that she did with him. Uh-huh. And, you know, right before she passed away, she, she did that to him like in the hospital. It's just one of those things that's so... Yeah. Romantic and hopeless and sappy and whatever, like that it's hard not to like feel some some type of akin to it. So I yeah. I, I really love it. I think it sounds really great too. And and yeah, same the great lyrics and yeah, I, I love this one. Yeah. I have mixed feelings. I, I get everything that you're saying. I actually feel like this song should have been on red. Ooh, interesting. Like, it's got that mood and that vibe. I understand the idea of putting it at the end because you're entering a new chapter, you're closing this. But if I think about opening this album with Are You Ready For It and closing it with New Year's Day, I feel like a crazy person. Like, that mm-hmm. doesn't make any sense to me. And this feels so much more like her than any of the other songs on this album. And I just kind of feel like you saved it till the end. It was just a weird move. The other thing, I've listened to it a few times when it starts, I cannot find 
the tempo. Like, I can't follow it. Like, I can't figure it, it out. It is very weird the, in the beginning, yes. It's a little weird. And then, like, a little bit of guitar picking comes in, and I'm like, oh, there we are. Like, got it. I, I can follow it now. Which might be her, done on purpose. That's fine. Um, it is lyrically very poetic, but my note was, lyrically, this feels poetic like a love letter, but the rest of the songs are attempting to be so sexy and aggressive, it just doesn't feel right. Mm. So, I don't know. Maybe if I listened to it alone, I would have liked it more. Um, and then as far as tropes, it's just Paige. But I just, I don't know. It felt so out of place for me. So I, I think, don't know. Yeah, I hear you. And I, I get why. But I don't know. I just really, I love it. I also love <laughs> the idea of like, she says, I, I want your midnights, but I'll be cleaning up bottles with you on New Year's Day. Like, and as I said earlier in the intro and talking about the, the Wikipedia of this album, it was like, yeah. it just, like her balancing those two things of her That's being in love true. with somebody and this. Which, yeah, which I was unaware of. Who is who is she dating? Joe, in this era? the guy she's still dating. Oh, she is. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that. Okay, but yeah, I just love that idea of like life is crazy and there's a lot of ups and downs, but it's the person who's with you after the party that morning right, is helping right. you clean up and like, do you have do you have do you need Advil? Like, you know what I mean? Like that. Right. That, right. That's the person. Yeah, I love it too, mm. but I totally agree. It felt it feels super out of place. Like, there's no other yeah. song in the album that feels that feels or sounds like it. And I think it could have been on like four of her other albums. It could have fit on Lover. It could have fit on yes. Folklore. It could have fit on any of these. And this yeah. is not the yeah. one that it necessarily did. So it makes me just think that it was a song written five years before, two years, whatever. Yes. Like, yeah. And it was just kind of like, well, we've got this. Like, let's throw it on there because it's a great song and because right. it's got to get out, I guess. I don't, you know, I don't know. I agree. Super, super random. I hear it. I hear it. Totally random. Um, so usually when we started the past couple episodes, I've read some of Taylor's liner notes to start, but I wanted to read them at the end this time. Oh, um, fun. And it was like super long. When I copied and pasted it into Word, it was like three pages. I was like, I'm not going to read prose to Evan and Kate for, for 10 minutes. That's not what I'm going to do. <laughs> Um, so I'm just going to read you the end. She says, I've been in the public eye since I was 15 years old on the beautiful, lovely side of that. I've been so lucky to make music for a living and look out into crowds of loving, vibrant people on the other side of the coin. My mistakes have been used against me. My heartbreaks have been used as entertainment and my songwriting has been trivialized as oversharing. When this album comes out, gossip blogs will scour the lyrics for the men they can attribute to each song as if the inspiration for music is as simple and basic as a paternity test. Let me say it again, louder for those in the back. We think we know someone, but the truth is that we only know the version of them that they have chosen to show us. There will be no further explanation. There will be just reputation. Wow. Mic drop. Huge. I mean, it is true, right? Like she had been, she still does face the criticism of like you don't want to be Taylor Swift's ex boyfriend because she's yeah. a song about you, and it's like, dude, all every pop singer writes about their exes. That's just yes. what they do, yeah. you know. And of yeah. course, because she's a woman and because she came up the way she sure. did and had that kind of like girl next door persona, you know, it's people thought that she was two faced because she's really sweet, but then she can write a song be, about being hurt, and it's like. Right, right. It's, it's, it was very unfair, and, and I, I know I'd heard those liner notes, those liner notes too, before doing this, and I was like, "Fuck yes!" I'm glad that she wrote all that, right? Yeah, like the paternity mm. test line too. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really love that, and everyone, every Swifty fan knows that 
you know, the liner notes are, are, are worth reading yeah, where you get a lot of gems. But yeah, yeah I think like after doing this exercise, uh, I, like I used to really not like this album and I'm not going to say that I now love this album, but I appreciate mm. it a lot more. I think it's so yeah, hearing your guys insight and hearing the liner notes. I'm sitting here thinking that like all the things she just said as a non, I don't say non fan, but as someone who like was kind of neutral I absolutely was like, who is this song about? Who is she dating now? You know what I mean? We've done it on previous episodes. We've talked about it. But as you're reading it, I'm thinking like, I can't name another single person nearly as successful as her who started off so young and has consistently been able to keep everything up. Because like the first thing I thought of was like, Britney, look what happened to her. You know what I mean? Like she started off super young. So it's really interesting to think of her as the person as opposed to the pop star. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So And now I do feel a little bit differently about this album. Because I would say of all the ones we've listened to, it's not my favorite. It might even be my least favorite. But mainly because of production and stuff. Not because of lyric or intent. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Weird. Least, worst selling Taylor Swift record to date. Is it? I was going to ask believe that. It. That's no, why I was surprised alone. that the tour made so much money. But exactly. Yeah, well, I think I think for a lot of us, it was like a it was a, a spectacle that you wanted to witness, almost like a car crash. Mm. Where you're like, oh. you don't want to be not a car crash. That's a bad analogy, but like, no, no, I get no, you, you know, want to like see a show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah people yeah. were hearing more and more about this tour. I mean, when I was there, it was fucking absurdity. It was yeah. it was. There's three stages. You know, she's flying over people. There's this massive inflatable snake. It was 120 yards wide. That's a massive. That's an incredibly wide stage, right? Like, yeah. Not 120, but it was 120 feet or something like that. It was just this huge thing that, right. you know, I also think there was a lot of people that were like, well, what's it going to be like? Here's, here's this, ed- what is, what is edgy Taylor going to be like? Right. So yeah. intrigued about, about it. Yeah. yeah. Genuine really curiosity. Sure. Right. I, I ultimately, my recap on this is like, it made me, yeah, I have a great appreciation for the album, but I mm. more so, I like Taylor more than, than I did. And I'm, I, versus the album, like. I grew yeah. a greater appreciation for her and the intent behind it and her her overall, like, persona versus, like, the album. I could do without most of the songs. Sure, but sure. kind of knowing what she was trying to achieve there in, mm. in, in, in a situation where she wasn't going to win. Like, right. y- you know, you can't, you can't be Taylor Swift and then come out and you can't fight Kanye West by being Kanye West. You got to stay sure, who you are. Sure, yeah, you yes. have to be who you so, are. Like, and so she tried her best to do that. And, and frankly, I think she did, you know... You were, yeah, you were never going to win. But I, I ultimately like her a lot more for it, and I like what she was standing for. And it was a huge turning point to what was to was was to come. You know, like yeah. what we know mm. Taylor Swift now. Oh yeah, it opened the door for her to actually take a stance on a lot of things that she had never really done. So I appreciate that right. about it. Yeah, me too. Interesting. Um, all that being said, Evan, what's your favorite and least favorite and underdog of the tracks on here? Mm. <laughs> Getaway Car is my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. My least favorite is Endgame, probably. Fair. Okay. Um, and what was the other one? Underdog? Underdog. Yeah. I think it was Dancing With Our Hands Tied. I, I just nice. never hear Swifties mention that song. Love like, that song. I'm never... Yeah, I never really have people mention that to me. And I think it's underrated in, like, how unique it is. Mm. So... Just from a production standpoint. For for sure. Kate, what about you? 
Best song is Getaway Car. Uh, worst song is tied between Gorgeous and King of My Heart. <laughs> they were rough. That was rough for me. And then honorable mention is ready for it because I'm still shocked with myself that I like it as much as I do. <laughs> like, that's a jam. I love I that love for it. you. I love that for you. <laughs> I love that for you. Okay, um, what about you again? My favorite's dress, obviously. Okay. Uh, least favorite is obviously gorgeous. I'm upset about that song on Gross. so many levels. And I'm going to give my honorable mention to Dancing With Our Hands Tied. Mm. Okay. So yeah. lots of overlap between us. Lots three. of overlap. Kate, yeah. do you think that you're a fan yet? Oh my God, guys. Before this, I was like, fuck no. This album is not it. I'm I'm moving in the other direction. But now that we've spoken like so deeply, I don't know. I don't know. I want to say I'm becoming a fan of her as a person. Which may be different than being a fan of her music. Yeah. I'm not, in general, a fan of the music on this album. I don't know if that helps answer the question. In general, I'm not. There's a couple gems, but, like, overall, this is not my jam. Yeah. I remember when this album came out, because you had loved 1989 so much. Oh, my God. And you were like, should I listen to it? And I was like, should you listen to it? (laughs) And you were like, no. (laughs) You should not listen to it. Not you. It's not for you. Yeah. So I can't say I'm a fan of this, but the discussion has definitely done something. I don't know. I'm I'm perplexed. I just don't know. Okay. We're going to have to mull it over. We'll figure it out on Lover, I guess. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll have to listen to the Lover episode because I'm curious what you think. We'll about find that. out. That's where yeah. I started to listen to Taylor less. From oh that, my god! From that album on. I mean, I think that's so crazy because I feel like this is the album people would say that about. Like this is the one. Yeah, that I lost probably me. listened to her, this one a little bit less, but I was at least intrigued by it. The, a lot of the following oh. albums, I'm like, yeah, you know, maybe I, maybe my taste was just changing. I mean, but I can see that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be interested to hear your your thoughts on it and. And, uh, well, we'll let you know when that episode's up, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I'll be tuning in, you know? Yeah. Evan, thank you so much for oh, doing course. this. Yes, thank you. This was so great. Thank You're you the best. Me. Yeah. Um, any wow. final thoughts? Do you have any anything you want to plug? What do we... I mean, I'm about to go listen to hella Taylor Swift just because okay. put me back in the mood. <laughs> and this was super fun. So I appreciate you two, uh, awesome. two uh, including me. And uh, I know that, you know, it's... Put in a podcast together is fucking hard work. So yeah, yeah, you've done and, it. And, yes, and yeah, I did it, and it was a lot of work. So much so that we gave up after you know twenty episodes. So I say all that to be like, it's so awesome that y'all are doing this, and I'm excited to to see where else it goes, knowing that there's going to be other artists that you cover. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. Enchanted by Taylor Swift is still my favorite song. New Romantics, a close second, maybe. Tied. New Romantics is so good. I did a so quiz good. once that, like, you know, helped me rank my Taylor Swift songs. It was like a forty-five minute long <laughs> quiz. That's not even exaggeration. Oh you just literally, you just they showed you two, and you had to pick one, and then algorithmically, you know, it, it ended up giving you a full ranking of it. And it's I have my, you know, my uh, results saved, but yeah. You gotta you send to, me that. We, yeah, we, we should do that. that at the very end. Yo, it's so aggressive. You, you have, have to send have to it. Call about thirty minutes. Yeah, I'll send it to S- you. I'll, send I'll, it because Kate. Well, Kate, oh we'll both God, do it. But to. that's a great way to end this whole show. Yes. Yeah. All right. I'll wow. try to track it awesome. down. Awesome. All right, Evan. Well, thank you again. Thank, thank you, you so much. You're the best. Okay, I appreciate you. Here is the lyric trope tally count for Taylor's sixth album, Reputation. Jeans, one song. Dress, one song. Radio, zero songs. Daddy and or father, zero songs. 
Truck, car, or passenger seat, one song. Knee, two songs. Rain or storm, three songs. Town, zero songs. Dance or dancing, one song. Dream, daydream, or dreaming, five songs. Phone, one song. Stars, zero songs. 2 a.m., zero songs. Story, chapter, or page, one song. My room, your room, or bedroom, two songs. Royalty of any kind, three songs. Door or doorstep, zero songs. Big thanks to the band Above the Moon for writing and recording our theme song. You can find them on Instagram at Above the Moon Music or on their website, AboveTheMoonMusic.com. If you enjoyed listening, give us a follow or subscribe on your favorite platform. And if you really enjoyed listening, leave us a like, rate us, or review us so more people can find us. You can keep up with news about new episodes on Instagram at Minor Notes Podcast or email us, minornotespodcast at gmail.com. Minor Notes is a finally cool production. Next week on Minor Notes, Kate and I will be discussing Taylor's seventh studio album, Lover. Be sure to tune in.